Whenever I hear the name Shirley, I think of Shirley Temple. I don't know why. I think of airplane. <laughs> I think of airplane. We tried to show airplane to our kids, and I thought it was gonna be hilarious because I love that movie. And our kids were just like, I told you. I know. It was a, it was this was like years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. Movies of All Time podcast, season two, episode seven, but also episode thirty-four. Um, we're here. It might sound a little different. This this is a uh, greatest movies on location in a way. Um, myself, I'm here. Jesse got Gabriel. Hello, folks. Welcome. And uh, if you didn't catch our last episode, uh, JB is currently interning at uh, Trevor's podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's interning, but I'm going to say he's interning. Uh, all the details are there. He's um, He's been pulled over to that podcast for a while, so working on Trevor and, and his cast. Um, but that's okay, because we got a third chair today. Um, reoccurring regular guest, uh, Lee. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for mm-hmm. having me. You're here. so I'm here. Sandusky. Yeah, Sandusky <laughs> made some calls. And, and speaking of Sandusky and their meddling, um, again, we know it's all... To make podcasts better and to, I don't know, get the listenership up, whatever they call it. But this is also a special episode because um, this is like two pod. This is a crossover episode. This is a podcast ex podcast, right? It's uh, Lee. You run a podcast yourself. I do. Um, called what is it called? It's called the night before. And I do it with my husband. Okay, that's right. I'm on that podcast. The podcast with yes. my husband. I do the podcast, <laughs> podcast with my husband. is getting racy. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I said, so you, 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 hope so. you and I do a, a yet another movie podcast. Yes. Um, called The Night Before Podcast. Yes. Um, that you host that one. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about it. But all you need to know is you're currently... This will also be a night before podcast episode. So we're mashing it together, kind yeah. of like um, I can't think of. There is a. Movie. It's like double mint gum. It's two minutes right. in one. Right. Exactly. That's right. I so. like that. So yeah. So I'm so excited you're, to be here. Uh, the greatest movie listeners, you're going to get the whole kit and caboodle, the whole episode. Um, at some point, we'll be pausing. We're not pausing the episode, but we'll be stopping to do the greatest movie. No, the night before. The night before. Intro, like the, all of a sudden that'll. But, you know, longtime listeners, you're used to it. Uh, move over Moonlight. We, podcast within a podcast. So it's, it's what we do. We just insert them in whenever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I said we're on location because we're typically the night before we film those out in public. Um, but we're on our front porch. Which is public because we live in an urban residential neighborhood less suburban more urban so it's slightly public we have a lot of comings and goings at our house across the street Hmm. so you know it's public so we'll see what happens and uh you know gabriel's here um we're doing greatest movies that's what this is the greatest movies podcast Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know (laughs) 
And we just kind of sprung this on him too. We're like, guess what? You're in two podcasts tonight. Double book. <laughs> like JB can't figure out how to be on two podcasts at once, <laughs> but we can. That's right. Let's do it. But no, I mean, this is yet another Sandusky directive and we're just doing what they want us to do. Um, but yeah, so if you, this is your first time listening, this is the greatest movies of all time podcast. Um, we get together, we debate a film, say if it's one of the greats or not, we play some games. Um, you can always give us your thoughts at greatestmoviespodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll add it to the great list of potential greats that um, Sandusky's has ordered us to work our way through. Yeah, yeah, it's a growing list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tonight's yeah. movie will be Stand By Me. And top that list. And we're pulling from the list. That was one of the changes. Again, last week, a lot of changes happened. Um, we read the Sandusky Directive. And, um, and yeah, we, we, had the, we had a fiduciary duty to um, make these changes, and we will follow that. Um, Corporate the overlords, always yeah. meddling. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. That's us. That's it. If it sounds a little yeah. different, it's, it's because we're a slightly different filming setup, um, recording setup than usual. And uh, we still got the Patreon um, live stream here going, so we appreciate you guys coming with us. And maybe, maybe night before Lee will pick up a few folks. I know, I know, yeah. night before doesn't have a, a Patreon. Not yet. Not yet. But we're not, not yet. We're too new, but mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Well, cool. But I, I like our um, our also also our mesh between of where we are because. You're usually in studio. In the studio, that's right. And <laughs> we're usually in, you know, a coffee shop or a bar or mm-hmm. a brewery. Not really a bar, but a brewery. And can, we've kind of met in two worlds by just being outside. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. With drinks. Yeah. Of course, always a beverage. And we'll get to that when we get to the night before podcast, our beverage of choice. Um, yeah. As well. So, um, Gabriel, I think let's get this ball rolling. League of the Greats. We do a a fantasy movie league. um, Leagueofthegreats.com. We we drafted some some films at the beginning of of the the season. Mm -hmm. Um, For just a quick overview, uh, the films had to premiere between the months of March and the end of August. We selected some films. Those films get Rotten Tomato scores. We add those Rotten Tomato scores into our our draft board. Mm -hmm. And points shift up and down, depending on on where things land. There have been a handful of of small changes since our last update. Uh, We've got a few films that are premiering soon or have premiered recently that do have some reviews. We haven't seen any of these, so I'm not going to go into them in detail. Um, but uh, on the draft board, most recent additions, um, as far as scores go, we've got an update to In the Heights, uh, Cruella, uh, Spirit Untamed, oh. Peter Rabbit 2. Oh. Um, both of those are, are Jesse's picks. Um, in the Heights is a pick for uh, Patreon member Nikki J. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cruella was a pick for Lee. That's right. That's right. Uh, not not going to announce individual film scores, but what I do want to do is just give a quick update. 
And currently, uh, there's been, whether you, you listened last week or not, there's been a change uh, in, in fourth and fifth place in the league. Um, JB is now currently sitting in fifth place with a negative 28 points. Uh, hamstrung by some some pretty poor showings on some films that he had some decent hopes for. Uh, Nikki J moved up tremendously with the early reviews for In the Heights, uh, all all nearly countering um, the entirety of that that anchor um, of the Justice League. He's currently sitting at negative seven points. Lee is in positive with seven and a half points in solidly in third place. And just a, a tad above her with 10 points is Jesse. Um, um, he, he was, he was brought down a little from where he was sitting last week by the early reviews for spirit untamed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I am, I am still sitting at around 50 points, um, which I'm sure will, tick up or down pretty soon um depending on how fans react to in the heights i'm i'm assuming i'm gonna lose some points there yeah that's a counter pick yeah that's a it's gonna be a tough one we'll see musicals who knows i don't know yeah no that's, but, that's great yeah i'm feeling good about that yeah lee any thoughts this is your first time any thoughts about your your draft i'm feeling good that i'm in third place i mean mm-hmm. i I'm anxious to see Cruella. I haven't seen it yet, but I did think it would do well with um, Emma Watson. Nope. Stone. Stone. Yeah, Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone. Always get them confused. And um, got too many Emmas out there. Yeah, and uh, just seeing the trailer and stuff, I thought it would do well. I mean, I thought it could go either way, but I think it's it's looking. Yeah, it's going to go the right way. I think so. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, the fact that you're sitting in third place and you only have three films on your board, uh, you know, Jesse currently has the most films with scores at five. Mm. JB and I both have four films with scores and Nikki J is there with you. Uh, also only three films currently. And some yeah. might say we're kind of like neck and neck right now. Like no, it's I close. can surpass you very but listen, easily. All I'm going to say easily. is. I'm gonna say maybe this. depending on my picks. The films I worried about. Space Jam Two sitting out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Listen, I gotta say the. the film... I don't know if you said that as a negative or a positive, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with positive. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> That's Space the kind Jam of person too. I am. Um, I know a 14 year old that cannot wait till it comes out. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I've also seen the original. But, uh, I have two. I have two. All I'm gonna say is I, I feel like I, I've gotten past the movies I worried about the most on my draft. Okay. Um, that that have recently dropped those animated features, um, that I knew would hurt me. My my movie that I was most disappointed was was the was Cher- Cherry. Cherry, yeah. No, Cherry's one of those. I cherries, that cherries, was going to do well. We've all had like I, my your my Cherry is Boogie. Boogie mm-hmm. really hurt me. Um, I think Nikki J, not Nick's J, um, JB had chaos walking that really hurt him. The surprise Gabriel, you had coming to America too. These yeah. ones that just, we thought would do better and then just hurt you on paper. Yeah. On paper. Right. Sounded, sounded promising. We all have our heartbreakers and those have been our heartbreakers. Didn't quite pan out. Yeah. So yeah. So league of the great.com 
it's all there. These scores that Gabriel was referencing, if you want to dig a little deeper into the Rotten Tomato scores, they, they shift a little bit once they've been posted, but, um, Links to the podcast and be found there. Our Everything. email address, yeah. uh, which is greatest. greatest go ahead. The greatest movies podcast at gmail.com. All right. We check that. So send us your hate mail, your love mail, your requests, yeah. um, your suggestions for greats. No, for sure. Cause we can, we can always, we, you know, the interns give us, they kind of skim the messages. They give them to us. Then we shoot them up to send dusky to get them cleared. And then we'll be chatting about it before you know it. And I mean, you know, the thing to remember is, is Sandusky appreciates and wants listenership. So the more suggestions you guys send in, the more likely those things are to end up on the docket. Yeah. Cause we say, Hey, we got an email and they go, okay. So it carries a lot more than our word. <laughs> so I'll tell you that for sure. We've learned that the hard way, but yeah, our social media links are there as well. So league of the greats dot com for that do it all right cool um yeah so we always chat about some films we've seen lately something to yeah. recommend or something to uh or to tell to tell people to avoid or say like hey if you're a fan of x or this kind of thing maybe it's for you but it wasn't for me yeah, save your 90 minutes if you will um see something else um lee do you want to jump in as our guest to Ooh. say something or do you want to so. Um, sure. Uh, you want me to jump in? Yeah. Do you want to share okay. something you've seen lately that you would recommend or not recommend? Oh, um, yes. <clears throat> like our previously viewed. We saw. Well, we saw this guy, but you saw this. I saw this. This is yours. This is mine. Um, I saw the movie Welcome Home. Um, this is on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, the, the tagline is betrayal hurts, jealousy kills. It stars Aaron Paul. Sorry. Yeah, it stars Aaron Paul. And we really like Aaron Paul from The Path. We really liked that series, which was on um, Hulu, Hulu, I think. Um, So I was a little excited to see it. I mean, I don't think it was my pick, but when you put it on, I um, sat down and got engrossed in it because of um, various things. But I'm going to just go out and say it. It was terrible. <laughs> it was a terrible movie. Oh. Do not waste your time. Oh. The actress, what's her name? Oh, it's on the list. I can't remember her name. Um, Emily with a, a Radichikowski. Radichikowski. Um, poor Emily. She is naked, like. 70% of the movie and she no, takes like 10 showers. Well, she's not, yeah, well, she's not like, they don't really show, she's not naked, naked, but yeah, she's in some form of disrobe. Yeah. And every choice she makes during this horror flick, it's basically a, like they go stay at this home. They're trying to repair their relationship, which they're not even married or have kids together. And they're trying to repair some kind of relationship because he, I don't want to get too graphic on this podcast, but <laughs> he, she cheated on him at one point mm-hmm. and he, since knowing this, he cannot finish. He cannot perform. So they are going, they go to Italy to fix their relationship. Mm-hmm. And where you go. that's where you go. A couple, fix relationships. a couple points in the movie, I was like, 
is this a porn? Is this going to just like turn into a porn? Like what is happening here? And it's not, but (laughs) the acting kind of resembles a porn at times. The acting does. And the things she says and he says. Mm -hmm. So she's basically naked the whole time and she's beautiful. And he can't. Yeah, he can't perform. He can't can't get past this. (laughs) He can't pass the visions of her cheating on him. And um, even though she's they're there to try to work it out. But anyway, these terrible things happen in this house. And but the point is, they're in this house, this villa in Italy, Italy, and there's cameras everywhere all around. And there's a dude hanging out. That's really nice guy, but he's really the villain bad guy. kind of wooing her but then also um he is he kind of like woos her and the point is it's just basically like her naked and him not being able to have sex it's like the whole movie yeah yeah yeah. and then all these awful things unfold and and um no it's bad it's not good you feel terrible but the acting is terrible (laughs) and everything is terrible about it there's nothing good about it but i saw it i would not recommend seeing it but I would write, yeah, that would, this is on Netflix. I think there's the movie The Rental, which is by James Frank. No, who's Franco's brother? Dave. Dave Franco. Dave Franco, and I think Joe Swanberg or somebody had some hand in, in The Rental, which is a similar people stay in a house, someone's videotaping them the whole time. There's infidelity and there's peril. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a slightly better one. Better. Well, and it, even the, the one we talked about a couple episodes ago, Happiness, a yeah. similar vibe. Similar right? vibe. Happiness is the best out. Of, so it's Happiness, the rental, Welcome Home. That's but your order of, of quality. There's even these things that happen. Though I told him, like she's like blindfolded, and and the not her boyfriend, but the guy who owns the property the comes in is like touching her and stuff, and I'm like, you know you know the touch of your boyfriend or spouse or whatever, especially if you've been with them for a while, you know if another man is yeah, touching or another you. person. I always know when another man is touching me. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, it's bad, like you said, but... It made her seem so idiotic, too, which I hate when... I hate when movies do yeah, that. No, like, I hate well, it. Well, the dude, Aaron Paul's character, like, Aaron Paul, like, you're better than this. I don't know what's going on. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I think Aaron Paul's best work <clears throat> that I... In, in my opinion, um, it's Breaking Bad. Yeah. And his voice work on Bojack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but no, the but, movie's bad, but it's good enough to keep you. Keep you watching. No, or it kept maybe me not good enough. It it's, because it, it's bad enough to keep you yeah, watching. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of just. You're, really? You're, where's this going? This, this sounds like my rationale for having continued to watch Me, You Madness. It's so so bad that it was well. I guess I mean I already committed to this. I'll watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah, So that's home Netflix. That's welcome. You're saying avoid. Avoid. Yeah, and I I I would definitely say I I think the rental and happiness both offer better similar vein Mm -hmm. for. Um, I think Joe Swanberg co-wrote that screenplay with Franco. Yeah, I was pulling off my memory on there. Um, yeah, you're right. And I, I, I. I enjoyed the rental more for sure. And that's on yeah, time or something right now. Dan Stevens and Allison Bree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. But. All right. Go ahead. 
Avoid the Aaron Paul soft core. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah, he tried. He couldn't. He tried. He couldn't. Good. Or could he? <laughs> Jesse, what about, what about you? Uh, a, a film I watched recently, a new release on HBO Max. So I'll always jump on those Friday releases these days. Um, and, and, I, and I lead in particularly enjoy this because you were watching this. I'm, I'm, in, in it's not my type of movie, but. Um, but I can say, unfortunately, I did not enjoy it very much either. And I want to enjoy it more. Uh, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine. All right. So throughout the whole movie, yeah, Lorraine, he yells Lorraine. Constantly. Like 150 times. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I really, 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 really enjoyed the first Conjuring movie a lot. Um, I remember really liking it. Never I saw the, yeah, yeah, never saw the second conjuring. I never saw part two. Never saw these little loosely attached Annabelle and all the other sort of films that tied to it. Um, but but James Wan is somebody you know who, who does great stuff, I feel, taking back to the conjuring, the first one. Um, and hey, with HBO Max, and, and I think the this this sort of like you know, whatever their what are their characters' names, this this you know, exorcist couple. Um, the Warren, yeah, the Warren, the Warrens, the, the real life, yeah, they're fascinating, you know, characters loosely based on real people. Um, and and I just think, as, as sort of like this horror movie, ghost story movie couple, the Warrens, um, I like them both a lot, I think they're just really enjoyable to watch. Uh, but something about The Conjuring, the devil made me do it, nothing. I, I could never like latch on to the film. It seemed like it was trying to do a couple things, like exploring their relationship, um, the the strength of their love and their bond, which would be a very interesting story. Um, but then also this sort of prove or, or and this court case procedural. Can you pr- prove somebody's not guilty by reason of demonic possession? Um, and then also this whole other story about a father and a daughter. Um, who you know becomes the main bad guy in this thing? Um, it was all these three things, and nothing ever was fully developed. And it was kind of—it's almost just felt kind of like a boring slog of a movie. Um, and I, I just couldn't—I couldn't—I could never latch on to anything part of it. So I was kind of let down by it. Fair, yeah. So I did see the second guys. I saw the Conjuring too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you get into like, it's like the law of diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, I mean, the first one I thought was incredible. Um, really loved it. Actually, owned that film. Um, the second one, there are parts of it that I really enjoy, but it doesn't quite have the same weight to it. Not not saying that the story, like the story it's based around, doesn't have weight because it, it's a pretty terrifying story. Mm-hmm. If there's any truth to it at all um and even if there's not like the, the way it's sold but it, it just does it i don't know there's something about it that doesn't quite work as well as that that first film worked for me yeah. no yeah and that first conjuring i just thought was just some something special um for a ghost story type movie but yeah. conjuring three is um i'm i'm I mean, I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes are. I felt glad I didn't draft it um, because I was somewhat regretting not drafting it uh, during our draft. Um, But 
Or it's one of these things, I, I don't know, and I, and I don't know if the HBO Max thing hurts it. Like, it's so easy just to plop down and watch this on your couch. And maybe this is a movie that would have benefited from me going to the theater and seeing it um, with the atmosphere of a theater in the dark room and the nice sound, um, surround sound. But I mean, I don't know the, what you've been yeah. doing, but I turned my lights off and well, turned right. turn, 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 turn sound up. <laughs> That's true, but we watched this, I think, on like a Friday afternoon, like popped it in on like 3 p.m. <laughs> Probably oh, yeah, not the right no. time to watch it. <laughs> I always, always watch movies like this. After yeah. like well like after ten p.m. No, I think for sure. Right. I'm not. I'm not starting. He has I'm not the starting. little ones. In his yeah, he has too. little ones. Yeah, but we had no kids around, and I was just like, let's watch the Conjuring. I decided that it would be really good if you watch that movie to, and just play the kind of like people play the drinking game, yeah. Roseanne. Yeah. If you just play the drinking game every time he yells, Lorraine. Yeah. Well, I it think it'd be like it. it'd be a super cut every time you know do a YouTube super cut of just yeah. like Lorraine, Lorraine. It's, it's a new game. It's no, once game. you pointed it out that he yells, all I hear is him yelling Lorraine. You're right. It was about every thirty seconds he yelled Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so if you just did, it's a quick. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you brought up the Rotten Tomato scores, right? The first yeah. Conjuring had an eighty-six. Mm-hmm. Uh, this current. Um, film in the series has a 59 okay okay so yeah. i mean i probably would have done better if i picked that over spirited but yeah still better than spirited <laughs> it's true but negative points i guess are negative points right so that, yeah that's what i saw so um nice two two non-recommendations come i'm gonna try and, i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and save things for <laughs> our listeners um so I, I watched three films this weekend i'm not going to talk about all three of them uh, I did finally get to see Raya and the Last Dragon. That was one of my picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's absolutely worth your time. Uh, I mean, Disney continues to do what they have been doing for the last almost a decade now um, in just putting out really quality films that are films for kids, but they're really films for the whole family. Um, worth a watch. Uh, there's a film currently streaming on Hulu. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon is available on Disney Plus. Um, film currently streaming on Hulu that is based on a novel that is a work of historical fiction, loosely based around uh, the author Shirley Jackson. It is called Shirley. It was released in 2020. Stars Elizabeth Moss. I think that's worth your time as well. Uh, but what I want to just spend my time kind of talking through, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because I'm. I know there's a lot of buzz around it right now. But as I watched the Bo Burnham. Hmm. It's not a stand-up special. It's not stand-up comedy. It is a. It's a one-man show. Uh. I could I could almost see this being performed like on a stage or literally in like an art museum as a per- piece of performance art um that ran for I you know a year straight or or 90 days um just watching someone live in a small space and go through their creative process and produce things and in with this awareness that that's what they're doing, uh, 
I think it's incredible. Yeah. I think, I think the songs are all very well conceived. I think his self-referential nods to the fact that he's doing this for the purpose of producing content and entertainment content while simultaneously being self-isolated and, and functioning, you know, in a space where, where, yeah, any, any kind of mental um, stress or emotional anxiety or trauma or depression, all that's going to compound itself because of that self-isolation. I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I think it is, it's, if it if it doesn't win awards, I will be shocked. But I can't recommend it enough. I was a little skeptical. Um, it has its moments that are, are pretty bleak and dark. But ultimately, I think what you get is this really kind of clear vision of of a singular person's vision um, for conceiving an art piece that is rooted in comedy, but also rooted in candidness and and honesty and very self-aware and self-reflective and and i i really enjoyed it the, the satire is just perfect wow sounds interesting no i was like yeah i was a little skeptical at first i haven't seen it yet now with your recommendation i'll definitely you know For sure. yeah that's like over yeah. inside streaming yeah. on netflix yeah because i've already seen i've, I've watched there's like there's a number of YouTube videos already of people, you know, talking about its greatness and. Uh, I mean, there was a tweet uh, storm, like the day yeah. was released. The people just kind of is Bo Burnham okay? Yeah, and just yeah, just the various things. You know, I watched a whole little video just on his use of his uh, of aspect ratio throughout throughout the special, like the continuing changing of aspect ratio. Um, his use of lighting yeah the lighting like well. framing aspect ratio like it's brilliant that's i mean and that's what i mean it's it isn't all when i say it's an art piece i don't mean yeah. it just as it's performance art i mean the direction the thought put into i don't want to give anything away there's one scene where he uses lighting to create the effect of having backup singers mm. and it's it's fucking gorgeous and it's it's yeah. brilliant and it's in this kind of this comedy song yeah right but it's yeah i i can't i can't speak highly enough of the quality of of work that he did in self recording lighting you know creating this this piece of of art and regardless of of what he may do in the future or what he has done in the past, I think this stands alone as a testament to just someone who who has this self awareness and and is genuinely like an, an artist mm. working in a medium, and and that medium happens to be comedic song. Yeah. All right. We're cool. Well, it's definitely something I'll be watching soon then for sure i know the back harlow road it comes to a dead end by the royal river the train tracks are right there 
Me and my dad used to fish for cossies out there. Jesus Christ, man. If they would have known you were under there, they would have killed you. Could he have gotten all the way from Chamberlain to Harlem? That's really far. Sure. He must have started walking on the train tracks and just followed them the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then after dark, train must have come along and I'll smack go. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you guys. I bet you anything that if we find him, we'll get our pictures in the paper. Yeah, yeah, we can even be on TV. Sure, we'll be heroes. Yeah. Welcome to the Night Before podcast, where my husband and I discuss the movie we watched the night before. And tonight we have Gabriel with us. Our first special guest. Our first special guest. And we usually go to a brewery or tea shop or coffee shop or somewhere local. Um, Tonight, we've kind of meshed our worlds of the greatest movies of all time and the night before. And we are just sitting outside. um, On our front porch. On our front porch. We're having a front porch podcast. Having a drink, having a podcast. So not only did we invite Gabriel to be on the night before podcast. We also, yeah, hey, welcome, Gabriel. We also invited the greatest movies of all time podcast to be on our podcast. I I really wanted Gabriel to be with us on our podcast. (laughs) And um, so we kind of meshed our worlds. And we usually talk about, usually we're at a brewery or a coffee shop Mm -hmm, and we mm -hmm. talk about the drink that we have chosen for the night. So um, tonight we have made a drink. On our end of the conversation were some homemade homemade cocktails. Homemade cocktails with tequila, lime, and LaCroix. And cucumber. I tasted what, the cucumber, yeah, yeah. You did. So um that is our drink of choice this evening. Gabriel, do you have a drink of choice? I I am currently uh <laughs> I'm currently drinking um a Cote de Provence uh rose. That's a twenty twenty oh. vintage. You are so fancy. It's hot. It's really hot. Um, <laughs> and and I, I have to pace myself. And it's a lot easier to finish a bottle of wine than it is to drink half a bottle of tequila. So that is true. Know. That is true. 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 So um, I had caparinas last night. Uh, but, you know, some cachaca uh, lime. So it's very similar to what you do, but without the, the sparkling water. Right. Well, it's a nice night tonight. So Mm -hmm. the porch is actually nice this evening. I mean, for Florida. Yeah, it's a nice night. The storms are threatening. Usually we go out in public to do this deal. Two rules we follow for the night before. One, we're in public. Some, we're having a drink. Second. We um, have to talk about the movie the next day. The next day, the movie we watch. So we watched Stand By Me the night before. And for all, you know, intents and purposes, we're going to assume, we're just going to say, Gabriel, you watched Stand By Me last night. Sure. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We all watched it last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's us. We're gonna we're gonna chat. Stand we're gonna by talk me. About stand by me. We're, there's not much to describe about our front porch. Normally, we describe the the bar oh, brewery. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we're good. It's a simple. We we live a simple life. A couple of I mean, uh, jokingly, people if they see the other side. So if you can't you can't see here if you look on if you could see behind my laptop. Yeah, people are like, oh, you just have a bar in your house, mm-hmm. and as I like, I collect things. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I don't ball. drink them all at, at once, but yeah, there's a rather 
a bars a bars collection of whiskey and and wine. Yeah. And we so if you would say what we collect behind us, we collect children that play video games. Yeah, our just random kids just grabbing them all. Random children. Actually, part. that actually happened today. There was a random child. No, a child yeah. But um, anyway, I'm I'm excited about this podcast. Yes, yeah, so today, today we're talking uh, "Stand by Me." Mm-hmm. Not only for the night before podcast, but also for the greatest movies of all time podcast. We got hey, you know, we got a bunch of greatest movies listeners joining us as well right now. Um, uh, but the greatest movies for our night before listeners, because again, we're it's like it's like, it's like we're talking to two theaters right now. Right. Um, the greatest movies we we discuss the film, we decide if what's one of the greats or not, and then at the end of greatest movies, we play a game. So if any of you night before listeners, you're gonna have to at the end of this go, go over to go over to the greatest movies of all time podcast yeah. to hear the game. Hear the game. Hear the first half of this episode. Uh, yes. For the greatest movies, there's a lot of things you missed the uh, night before, folks. Yep. So, anyway. Anywho. Stand by me. Stand Let's by jump me. in it. Um, we're just going to do this. Um, I think we're going to take a little bit more of a format that we take from greatest movies. We kind of do a round the robin discussion, kind of our first, our history with this film, like our first impressions, our first sort of feelings about it. I mean, and I know that, this is this is like an old film, but. But what about our millennial listeners? They need we, to watch should, it. Should we, should we do a like a quick? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, quick, yeah. Gabe, give us a quick little. High level. A oh, lot yeah, of what yeah, night before true. does, we we stumble through a lot of a the quick plot summary. as we try to unravel it. But I think here we just need to do the condensed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Plot. So yeah. Th- I mean, this this is a film that was released in 1986. Uh, it was directed by Rob Reiner, uh, who was done terrific work. Uh, you know, um, directing Final Fat, mm-hmm. tons of other stuff, but uh, also actor Rob Reiner, uh, terrific in comedies. But this is based on a Stephen King short story, uh, and it is really a tale about uh, a writer recounting um, a childhood journey he takes with his three best friends. Um, after uh, this, this kid kind of in their, their school dies, mm-hmm. uh, and they go on a journey to try and find the body of the missing boy in hopes of being on television, being famous, getting, getting written up in the newspaper. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really more about the journey than it is about the destination. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's this vin. It's this insight into kind of their relationships and and their friendships and sort of. It's almost. It, it's not a full coming of age story, but it. I think it's the jumping off point of a coming of age story. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Good summary. Stand by me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Lee. First. Well, you know, I'll, let me, I'll jump in because this is one I know okay. on the Go list is, yeah. is where it, it sort of originated from. Yes. Um, Stand, Stand By Me is one, it's a movie I've not seen in a very long time, very long time. But as a, movie, as a child, probably around, I don't know, 10 years old, nine years old, um, I saw this movie a lot. Um, I, it was for whatever reason we had... Um, 
cable TV at my house, I believe. It's okay now, you know, statute limitations. Um, my parents had, my mom had a um, a, discram- a, a scrambler box, a discrambler. <laughs> and, and that's a thing people used to have. I mean, not, not everybody, but you could have a, a discrambler <laughs> that would descramble the, because before, if you didn't have like a cable channel, if it didn't come in, it would just be all squiggly weird lines. You couldn't really see it through all the fuzz. But if you had a discrambler, it could descramble that and you could get HBO. Free internet. Yeah. Well, like free, free cable TV, right? You could get like free, free HBO, free Showtime, free movie channel. Um, and so we had that because my grandfather would make them. He used to be like a, he did TV repair at some point in his life. Um, so he would make these discrambler boxes. And there were these like awesome, cool things that sat on top of the TV that was just a, a circuit board that he made. And in this little homemade little electronics box that would just like, boom, sit on your, your top of your TV. Long story short, we had a discrambler. So we had premium cable channels um, and Stand By Me was on a lot. One of the channels ran it a, a bunch. So we always saw it. And just as a kid, um, it was just a movie that myself, I, I had two or three other friends in the neighborhood um, for a couple of years that we kind of just hung out and did things. And we kind of felt like the Stand By Me boys. Um, we weren't really looking for dead bodies, but but we were kind of into that same sort of mischief and arguing and playing games and having fun and joking around and that just you know just childhood things. And so, um, Stand by Me was just a movie that just always stuck with me as a kid. Um, but then as I became an adult, I never really saw it because I was always waiting. Oh, I'll, I'll get it on VHS. Oh, I'll get it on DVD. Oh, I'll get it on Blu-ray. And I just never picked it up. And so since I never picked it up, I never really saw it. Um, so I was happy to revisit it. So that's my sort of history with Stand By Me. So if anybody else wants to jump in with their history. Go ahead, Gabriel. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a film that I, I think I saw this as a teenager. Um, I definitely didn't see it uh, in 86. I definitely didn't see it as a kid. Uh, my parents were pretty, pretty much sticklers about not letting you know, super religious. Uh, didn't let us watch R-rated movies. I think the first R-rated film I ever saw was Cujo, but even with that, it was after my parents had already watched it, and then they would fast forward through certain parts of it, or if there was like swear words, it would just go ah, blah, 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 like over the top of the. And I'm like, I did. I don't, I can read lips. I know what the, anyway, uh, I did, I did see this in my like mid to late teens and vividly remember. I think the scene that I vividly remember is the pie eating contest. Mm, Yeah. Um, That was always the one that just kind of, I don't know why, but that one is very visceral. Um, and so not having seen it a little bit earlier in life, I, I don't think it resonated with me as much as it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that, that stood out to me then and stands out now um, is just how good an actor river phoenix was yeah 
and the chemistry between Phoenix and Will Wheaton are it like it's it's insane to see two child actors really just resonate and and carry every scene they're in and and make a film come to life. Yeah. And so that like I do remember thinking like wow these kids are really good and watching it again as an adult it was like holy shit these kids were really good no i agree no especially phoenix and uh Mm -hmm. will wheaton i had the same thought speaking of of dogs and and movies uh on a side note and the discrambler um between this film because them being scared of the junkyard dog Mm-hmm. And Cujo also saw him the Discrambler as a child, probably too young. Um, you had a terrified fear of dogs. dogs. Terrified of dogs. I was terrified of dogs after Cujo as well, but yeah. we had a Cujo on our street, so <laughs> that was a thing. Um, but anyway, um, oh, I don't want to. No, 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 no. Is Gabriel done? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. So, okay. Um, so stand by me for me. I loved it as a child. I. Um, Definitely saw it in 86 for sure. Um, are you looking at my notes? No, 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 I um oh gosh. Sorry, I just gotta <laughs> anyway. Um I loved it as a child. I definitely started saw it. I had a unique upbringing in that my grandmother and I saw movies constantly together. Like we would go to the movies and jump into another movie without paying, and then jump into another yeah. movie theater hop into another movie mm-hmm. without paying. And that's kind of what we did, me growing up with her. So both but, of you grew up stealing films. <laughs> yeah, yes. I did not have a... Good observation, that is true. I did not have a descrambler or <laughs> no. even premium cable at the time, although I am slightly older mm-hmm. than um, maybe both of you. So I was like 10 or 11 when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... Um, so it definitely resonated me. And here's the thing that I noticed. I loved it back in the day. I didn't love it when I saw it last night. But mm. but mm. I could sit and reflect. And um, the, I think the good that came out of it was I could reflect on why did I love it so much back then? Um, and then why did I not like it as much when I saw it last night? But... I think I loved it back then because it was the, sorry, um, it was the first time maybe at my age of 10, 11 years old that I had seen the like more raw emotion, the broken family, the, um, the grief, um, from the children, like when the, um, Will Wheaton kind of like wells up and he's thinking of, and he's like, trying to push all that emotion down as kind of an empath type of person. I think the um, grief and raw emotion really resonated me at that kind of influential age. And also the, the railroad wandering, you know, how they're like following the railroad Mm -hmm. that I spent my summers and um, my spring break and my winter break in West Virginia, because my parents were divorced, and um, 
that was something we did. Mm-hmm. We just like walked to the railroad tracks with like nothing around and made up stories. And, you know, that was back in the day when you didn't, you just left in the morning. Your parent, you know, you didn't, your parents didn't really wonder where you, or at least my parents didn't, my parents were working, um, where you were until it got dark or later. And so that kind of like definitely resonated with me as a child. So as an adult, I felt, I felt less attached to that. I don't know if the, I didn't feel like the acting was, I don't know what, what I didn't like about it, but I agree with you in the, um, River Phoenix, Will Wheaton relationship and their acting and stuff. I felt like that relationship was really like one of the most real and raw parts of it. I liked that a lot. And um, I hated the lard ass part though. I hated oh, it the, back the then the and fight, I hated the it then. The it like disgusts me. I don't know why. Like I like want to turn it off during that part. Well, I think it's supposed to, right? <laughs> and I think like, it's such a, I think it's interesting that it did resonate with me because it's a male, mm-hmm. like I'm a female. I'm, I was not a tomboy in any way, but a whole male cast. But I think because the Lardas part was the part that I was like, okay, this is too boy. Like it's mm-hmm. too, I mean, in the, in the quintal, you know, in the stereotypical mm-hmm. sense of too boy. Um, but, and as like, what other kind of story, you know, it's like, it's like, it's a 12 year old, what, what, what other stories? Yeah, I agree. Um, but so I love the movie. I, I think it's a classic. Mm. Although when I watched it last night, I couldn't say, I was like, Oh, you know, like I, I miss, I love this movie so much. I was kind of like, Oh, I loved this movie. Strange. <laughs> I loved it so much. But I did dig a little deep, like, emotionally and see, like, why did I love this movie so much? Yeah. So that's kind of my my thoughts. I felt like the rejection of Will Wheaton's father and stuff was so, like, weird and intense. And and, and somebody... So that, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I think you might say what I... Well, so that that, to me... Right. I, I think when you think about films from around this time that were out of, oh, it's these kid buddy movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think about the Goonies. Right. No, I was going to say that. Yeah. It's another kind of, oh, it's, it's this, this thing about this journey. It's about kind of coming of age. It's about being exposed to very adult situations. Um, I don't, that's that's written more as like strict comedy like it's it's very straightforward comedy yeah there's peril there are these things but you don't you get some of these tiny conversations here and there you don't ever feel like any of those conversations quite have the same weight as the conversations in stand by me mm-hmm. and and i think that's where regardless of whether you're male or female I think especially for like there aren't many things out there 
where you get young boys who are allowed to tap into emotion and allowed to have frank conversations about abuse or neglect or shattered expectations and death. Um, I mean, the, the whole piece where like River Phoenix and Will Wheaton are, are talking to one another around the campfire and, you know, Gordy's talking about the, the Will Wheaton character, like how his, he thinks his father hates him, you know, and, and River Phoenix's character, Chris, is just trying to build him up. Like, he's like, I see you. I see who you are. I see your greatness. Your dad like just doesn't like know you. like a fatherly you. figure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he doesn't hate you. He just doesn't know you. And on top of that, he's so self-aware that he recognizes, like, hey, I have all these things in me that people just won't let me become because I've already been labeled because of the family I was born into. Right. You don't get that with young boys, you know, allegedly age 12, right? There are very, there's so few films, especially of this time period or before, and even now, that really tap into kind of that raw emotional expression of understanding where you are in life and why you, and, and that you feel a certain way, but then also tapping into like why you feel that way. And so that, I think that to me is why I could see this resonating with someone male or female. Yeah. No, I think definitely that was the first time I had seen that kind of like deep conversation between kids as a kid, you know, and talking about, oh, wait, everybody's life isn't, you know, parents aren't together or dad isn't perfect or, you know, this or that, whatever. So it was definitely influential back then, but, and I appreciate the film a lot, but I'm just saying, how did I feel like now versus then for me, it was a movie. Also, it was great as like an 11 year old to see a movie where like the kids cursed and Mm -hmm. they didn't like, you know, you just didn't see that as much, you know, um, for now, (laughs) as, as a, for now, I felt like, oh, I don't know. I, I felt like I, I would have felt stronger about it, but I can I can go back to how I felt back then, you know, in that time. No, yeah, that was that was my kind of the balancing the two viewings. Like one, I kinda of like, oh what 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 really spoke to me as a kid? And it was just like, oh, this is just kids being kids and kids dealing with issues and 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 but then also saying things like shut up no i don't shut up i throw up when i or i grow up when i look at you i throw up yeah. and then your mom goes around the corner and looks it up um <laughs> like that was stuff i was like oh yeah those are things like as a kid are just like in, ingrained in my head from this movie um, wait what was my favorite line that i never caught before and he said bullshit and he said bull truth bull truth bull truth bull truth but again to gabriel's point for that's some reason when, that made me crack up last time <laughs> but then i also when i saw those scenes i remembered even as a kid those are scenes that, that I remembered of uh, Will Wheaton being Gordy being the, the smart nerdy one. And then this fear, Hey, when we go to junior high, our friendships are going to be, we're going to be split up because you're the smart one. We're not, we're the shop kids, the rest of us. And, um, and Gordy's like rejecting it and saying, I don't want to be smart, you know, writing stupid. And, 
and that's when River Phoenix is like, "Bull truth, uh, no, this you need to do it." And then, but then Gordy flips it and says, "Okay, then you're coming along. I'm gonna. I think you're capable of it." Yeah. Um, and just that because, and and so that was the difference to me as a kid. There was just more, just you know, the the kid movie of these, yeah, these kind of rough and tough kids um, who curse and yell and, and and are funny and and bully one another. And then as an adult, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh man, all these kids do is yell and scream at each other and bully. And then they bully Vern and bully Jerry O'Connell constantly, um, the chubby kid. But he's not even that. Like when, if you look at him, like, he's not when you that look chubby. At him, I know. When you look at him side by side with River Phoenix, no, both of, River both Phoenix of, is kind of chubby. In yeah, the movie. No, no, he's not chubby. They're well, just they're, not they're chubby. He's normal. normal. Yeah, they're normal. not like they're, they're not like very skinny. Not not no, scrawny. That's what I'm saying. Not they're not scrawny kids. They're just husky, well-built, sturdy kids. But I hate the only they, difference is that Jerry O'Connell has, has this like he hasn't got rid of that baby fat around his yeah. face. That's and really I hate, it. I do hate that they have to have the um. You know, like in Goonies and in here, the well, parallel of the fat kid. That was the, my only you know, like, thought. I'm like, oh, that's man, a little annoying, I feel the, like. like. Why Vern, do they have to have the fat kid? Vern and Goonies understand. are the same character. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I thought that right away. You guys won't believe it. Oh my God. Like it was like, yeah, it, even the stutter and the, oh my God, oh my God, oh but, my God, you know. But, but even as I was like, oh wow, this, but as I was watching it as a, an adult, the things that really clicked to me much more this time around was, yeah, these, these kids were kind of harsh and, towards one another and then even and even like the whole keith or sutherland and the the teenage boys oh, the older God. ones yeah. um, <laughs> just like terrible bros um but it was just this realization like oh everybody not only are the adults like absent in these kids lives you know beyond the father you know your river phoenix's father yeah. the drunk and all this and then you have um cory feldman teddy his character yeah. Is just struggling He's with the most mentally, and he is so yeah. disturbed. And so I'm watching this, and I'm like, every every interaction, if they have an interactions with adults, even in this film, just just looking at a filmmaking piece, I'm like giving like, man, I got to give. I don't think about Rob Reiner as um, um, in that sense as a director, but every adult is either they're all s- struggling with their own trauma, as well. it or tr- yeah, yeah, like this is just like after the war too, right? It's 59. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's in a ways, but yeah, but it's this idea is, but yeah, but it's definitely not the like, Oh, wonderful fifties and sixties, um, middle America. But yeah, but it's just this idea like, Oh, when, when Gordy's trying to talk to his parents, even from the window, like they're in the yard detached and far away. When they talk to the junkyard guy, he's behind a fence. Um, and there's a barrier behind them. And even, even the junkyard guy is all, um, emotionally distraught. The butcher, um, or a grocery store clerk guy, he's behind a counter um, and lost in another world because he lost his brother in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. Um, so every adult they interact with is is just lost and struggling like they are as children. And and I think Gabriel, you hit it on on the head at the beginning. Is it's it's yes, these boys being boys, you know, quote unquote boys being boys, but they they are products of of just neglect and and depression and um um just terrible situations and they are a comfort and a support for one another even throughout their bullying and their they're picking on one another and their name calling um 
at the end of the day, like these four really haven't. And then the, the, my, my big thing that thinking about as an adult now is like 40 year old versus a kid, even something so small, like as Richard Dreyfus at the very end, the shot of him playing with his kids outside the window. It's yeah. like, oh, that's just like a little subtle nod of. Um, I learned how to be a parent because of yeah, the absentee of parenting of my parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I'll say even we know, you know, you've seen the movie once, you know, from the very beginning, oh, he's thinking about River Phoenix, not only his friends being gone, but he's also thinking of River Phoenix um, and, and his closest friend dying. Um, but even just thinking about the way the movie's played, you're not really, you're thinking this is a movie about, well, like you said in your synopsis. They're gonna, they're uh, gonna go find this dead body. A, a, a dead body adventure. And it's really about the loss of a friend um through all of this as well and you know when he says like hey you know but even that scene where like river phoenix just like disappears he doesn't like fade away or walk into the woods when they part at the end of their journey like it's it's the editing thing if he just like vanishes off the screen yeah. mm-hmm. um and then you're like oh wow i've really been thinking about a movie about um a the loss of a friendship um what's well, people was, drifting apart right yeah, and it, yeah. It, yeah it's it, I think the absentee parenting, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of served a film that is about kids raising themselves. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. Trying to sort through their own emotions independently. And the fact that these four have kind of found one another, right. They're using, they're modeling the behaviors they've seen as far as like what they understand to be love or what they definitely understand to not be love or support. Mm-hmm. Right. And so River Phoenix's character, Chris Chambers, we know that his family, that is not a family that's considered to be from the right side of the tracks, right? Like the, the whole family is kind of viewed as a problem family because of his father, um, because of, of other members of the family. But he's the one who seems to have the most, like, he's probably seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He is very adult, even as a child. And and one of the things that stood out to me, like in this film, is when you not just his command of dialogue and interaction with others, but his body language, like yeah. the way he shifts his his facial expression, the way he changes the direction of where his eyes are looking when others are talking or when something else is happening off camera. Um super impressive but it i mean it really it really does kind of hit in this place of these kids it feels like they are acknowledging their parents trauma and issues and they're trying to figure out how to raise themselves yeah you know and so so teddy you know the Corey feldman character his incessant bullying of Vern if you really think about it in the context of like someone growing up in an abusive household, right? Like even, even if you were physically abused, like the thing you may read as love is like, not this, it's like, Oh, I, I'm not going to hurt him physically. The thing that I read as love is like, Oh, you, you rib someone like you constantly <laughs> on their ass about like this, that, or the other, you know I mean? There, there's a line early on, or I think it's as they start out on the, the journey where Teddy says to, to Jerry O'Connell's burn character, he's like, did your mom ever have any kids that lived? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> brutal. No, I think that got me even now. It got me. Yeah, I, I said something out loud when you yeah. said that. Yeah, but but at the same time though, you you watch the two of them interact, and 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 it is this kind of constant like poking, 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 product. But when it comes down to it, you feel like they like there's a relationship there. Like there's there is some some level of of love or trust between them. Did anyone? And you really have a get that bullying sibling. Hmm? Yeah. Did anyone here have a bullying sibling? Oh, I mean, well, yeah, I did for sure. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I, I did, say did, that did. there's a loving aspect to it, but but see, these weren't siblings, but though. These are, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think you learn, like, you learn to express things based on what you grow up in, right? It's yeah. it's that nature versus nurture. Yeah. You're either, you're either acting based on, oh, I don't think this is right, so I'm going to try something else, or you're, I, I don't know any other way because this is what has been modeled for me, and so you replicate that. Right. And I just... That's the way I read a lot of the the harsh, particularly thinking about the the time in the context of you know 1959, masculinity, right? Did people acknowledge emotions or even address mental illness or anxiety or PTSD or any of these things? And these parents are clearly right, like that's what they're dealing with, and they're not dealing with it. No, they're not present. They're not parenting. And yeah. so you've got these kids who are trying to, they're just trying to sort things out for themselves because everything else is shit. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it's true. And it's kind of like the uh, generate, not that every single family was like that, but that's kind of like that generation of how even, you know. Feels more real to me than you're raised. Than, you know, leave it to beaver. True. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, just painting, like understanding that these, these notions we have of like, Oh, the American dream and and the the traditional American family, that shit's been broken for years. it's, It's not a thing. Like everybody doesn't get a white picket fence in suburbia and, and, live happily ever after like you you have parents who are abusive you like you have broken homes you you have kids who are left to their own devices to try and figure out like just how to survive yeah because the parents are barely getting by yes definitely so it it feels more real that's i mean that's why so many people can relate to it because it feels more real to their family like sure I mean, well, most just, families are not, I mean, but, you know, but, 95% but, of families are not But, but I, think, I think even beyond that, I think we've all had, I mean, it's, it's one of these movies, I think, that just like perfectly taps into nostalgia as, mm-hmm. as well. It's Absolutely. We, we've all, at some point in our youth, struggled with death and 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 understanding what death is and, and and finally getting a realization of well whether you have a family member who dies or not like in this case yeah his brother dies and that's that you know he doesn't cry at the funeral M. gordy says 
but, 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 but it's, it's been troubling him, obviously. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, this journey to go see a dead body is, is confronting the death of his brother, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. But, but we all have this moment in our childhood somewhere where we realize not only are we going to die, our loved one's going to die. What does that mean? Um, you know, when you die. And, and I think that's something anybody can tap into. And then not quite as, you know, morbid and depressing is just this idea of we all have friendships that we know at some point um, go away. It's that, you know, it's that yeah, idea. We're of, seeing it right now with our kids. We're like seeing it with leaving, our kids. Leaving middle school to go to high school. Like they're not going to be friends with any but, of their you know, friends. But I, and, and there's a line, you know, when, you know, and I think just as a filmmaker, Rob Reiner really did a great job in just tapping into that. Um, nostalgic feel without being overly sentimental, I, I felt. Um, but but even as it transitions from him going back to voiceover about it was River Phoenix, um, who died. Um, yeah, that and then it cuts to him many, Which many, so many, spooky, right? That they had well, that. then it's it's eerie yeah. that it's River Phoenix, the one who did die, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then it jumps like decades into the future, it's it's now he's typing on a you know mm-hmm. on a word processor of yeah. the 80s um but 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 even that point about we all what, what do people connect with um he's writing about i never had friends like that that i had yes. when i was 12 years old yeah. and he said jesus does anybody, anybody. that has anybody and i think that's what anybody and you, you think about that and what's i think powerful as a filmmaker he doesn't say it. You just read that on the on the Doogie Howser computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just the you read his words. He doesn't say it. It's it's even more powerful because it gives you a moment as a viewer um, to think and reflect. And and quickly, this movie that was, you know, not I would never it say takes place over two days. It's a quick little two plays, but I'm saying you're watching this movie about these kids on this adventure, and you could kind of tap in to things you connect with or not, you know, about yeah. what they're doing with. But then in those last like 10 minutes, this movie's like, uh, wait a minute, this is this is really about our own struggles and realizations about life and death yeah. and 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 the loss of friendship. This mm-hmm. really hasn't been about kids going to see a dead body. This right. has been about yeah. something you yourself has have experienced. Everybody, everybody has everybody experienced. who's watched yeah. this movie. And I think those last 10 minutes just um, like knock it out of the park. That's why I think as, it's as interesting. A, I didn't even realize until I watched it just now that, wait a minute, it's weird that I connected with this so much when I was young. It's all male. Like yeah, typically yeah. I'm like, I didn't even think about that until I watched it last night. And, um, and then I had to really think like, because typically especially as a young girl, I personally, not speaking for all young girls, would connect with female characters and females that are portrayed in movies, you know, definitely. But let's let's be really honest here about like portrayal of, of female characters in films prior to, let's even just say like 2000. Like, 96. It was rare you got strong female characters. It oh. was rare that you you had a film that was centered around a female unless she was a damsel in distress or a dame or a princess. And, Absolutely. And so, but that's, that you know, that's a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> that 
was what I related to because I was raised to be that girl, that Mm -hmm. quiet, pleasing, placating um, girl. And those are the characters I related to because that was what I was told to relate to as a girl. So I think it is interesting that I loved Stand By Me um, as a young girl because girls weren't, yeah, they were shown to show emotion, obviously. They could be sad, but they were sad over a boy or they were sad over... Sorry, there's a plane flying over. Um, sad over a boy or sad over a broken relationship or sad over something. They they didn't dive into their deep emotions about their families and how they really were treated and if they were abused or not by their fathers or or someone in their family. That wasn't mentioned about girls. Right. You know, so that was, um, I, 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 I didn't love that because of that, but... Yeah, no, I, I completely, yeah, I, I understand that. Um, and I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's, it's weird. I think the weird thing for me, and, and I think it makes sense, but simultaneously doesn't make sense. It's like you said, Jesse, like the, the last five minutes, five, yeah. 10 minutes of the, of the film, the only thing that felt weird was this was the beginning of the summer. Why did they all just like, well, we never spoke to each other again. It was like, that was, I was like, whoa. After you two guys days. Have, After like, two days. Yeah, like you're, you're got, you got the rest of the summer. You all live in the same town. Yeah, Let's they not make some rash not, decisions here. <laughs> this is not a large town. Yeah. They have a tree house that they hung out yeah, together. That you hang yeah. out in. They yeah. the cigarettes in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love okay. how they smoke the cigarettes like they're smoking a joint too. I just, like, I just want, I just wanted them to say instead of saying like, and that was it. Mm-hmm. It would be like, and we had the rest of the summer together, and then we went our separate ways in junior high. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. makes sense. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that hard thing, and that was that was the only thing that bothered me. I, I, I felt like everything else in this film really fit and worked. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was like that felt. I was like, no, that's not what you would do. You would hang out. This was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah. You would still hang out with each other until Labor Day weekend and you had to go back to school. That's yeah. how this would happen. Yeah. Definitely. It, it might get weird after that. You know, but it's uh, I mean, beyond. Some of them might have been like brutally punished for disappearing for. <laughs> But the parents well, I mean, didn't really care, really. Yeah, care. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like the one the one kid's dad was in the Looney Bin. Like yeah, I, that's, that's a very derogatory term. I understand that. That's I think <laughs> but, they but use that in the film. They say using it in the film, yeah. Yeah. Um they did. That the one guy's father, Teddy, like so Teddy's father was committed. Rightfully so, probably, if you decide to try and burn your child's ear off. Yeah. Um which I'll say but, that's one thing we both noticed. Like seeing these film, like this film in HD now, like seeing it on a smaller CRT TV as a child. You never noticed. Yeah. I never really noticed his ear as much as I like this one. I'm like, oh look, that mediocre, you know, makeup. Prost- on, on prosthesis. A, on and, but it's it's weird. There's like one or two scenes where it's like, 
Because he also had like a mole. Mole, yeah. Yes. Like sometimes on the side of his. And they, sometimes he didn't. And, and that was weird. And I, I definitely picked up on that. So there's I'm some continuity issues. I just blame that on like H, things you only notice in HD. Uh, <laughs> con- you, continuity. They, 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 it's yeah. But obviously, we've talked about the four like central young. But this, I mean, this film has an incredible cast. Yeah. I mean, oh, Keeper yeah. Sutherland's in this, John Cusack's in it, and minor roles. But still, right? like I know at the end of the film, Jesse's like, "Where's John Cusack's name in this film?" I was waiting to see where his building was, and it's was. not in the main main um, well, no. area. Yeah, no, he's 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 the dead brother. Yeah, um, yeah. Denny, and yeah. It, and I mean, hell, Richard Dreyfus, like, yeah, but seen so few, so little right at the beginning. It's like, is that Richard Dreyfus? I don't know. So, yeah, when yeah, gone, well, one, I'd forgotten about that little opening scene, him just sitting in his, his car on the side of the road. Um, and I'm like, whoa. Looking Richard, at the newspaper. Richard, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, whoa, Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> I, 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 I knew he kind of did the voiceover. I'm like, I didn't know he was in this movie. I had wholly forgotten that he was in this movie. Yeah. And then literally it was it was like 30 seconds into that. I was like, <laughs> like what am I watching? <laughs> like that, that's young Richard Dreyfuss right there. Like. I forgot he was in this. I started the wrong movie. But no, yeah. My, my thought was like, I don't even remember. Jaws, what's happening? Yeah. I don't know. I no, did. but it's... Yeah. Hmm. You going to say something, Lee? I do have some fun facts. All right, fun facts. And then let's vote. I think we're at... Um, for our, our night before, folks, Lee sometimes does some research. I do some research and I come films. up with random uh, fun facts. And um, then the greatest movies, we vote on whether it's great or not. I did a little research. Okay, let's hear these notes. The research. Do you have like a? Is, it, is there a song that goes in? It's like fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> we need to work. I'm on gonna that. make one. I'm gonna make one. Come around you with fun facts. <laughs> no, it's more like it's time for some fun facts. Can I do some that? fun facts. Fun facts. It's time. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> like when I hear fun facts, I can't facts, do the I'm low like, voice. There needs to be like some fanfare and like some guitar riffs. All right. You know, same say by the bell style, like. Fun fact: The leeches were real. Oh, the leech scene. So those were leeches were. We didn't real. even talk about one of my favorite things. scenes. I, I wrote down leeches with exclamation points. The leeches were real. As a child, that was just as a kid who saw it. That was just something we talked. I about. looked that up. So like real leeches. Real leeches. I mean, th- those and but like, the the puddle or whatever they the little that was man made. The, they made that. Yeah, they just dumped some leeches in there. But real leeches um, no, on No, they them? did not dump leeches in there. No, I don't think they, they didn't put say real what I read. Um, no, the after they dug out this hole, mm-hmm. they jumped in, and there was. I mean, they needed leeches for the yeah. scene, but there was leeches, real leeches, in there as I'm well. I'm saying it looked impressive. Whatever those, like you know, like the hickey marks from the leeches all yeah. over their bodies, like it looks real. Really, it was good. Yeah. Number two, fun fact. Even in HD, I was looking at that. I was like, wow. Ready? They got hickeys. (laughs) River Phoenix lost his virginity during this film. Do you have anything further than that? No, he did because they were all. um, I don't know. Someone in the. In. Like production or something? Craft services? No. Someone in his extended family. Oh, okay. Wait, Um, what? I mean, a friend of his extended family. 
that were there, like visiting him Just or whatnot, out. Okay. hanging out. Um, during they so all the kids stayed in a hotel, which was really fun. I saw a bunch of pictures of it. Wow. And Will Wheaton rigged all the arcade machines so that they would be free. <laughs> yes, you know, that's quite the underestimated the value of Will Wheaton. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Will Wheaton, it's, it's no wonder who he became today. Like mm-hmm. the Twitch streaming, board game. Podcasting. Yeah, just like yeah. nerd culture representative, yeah. So uh, then I looked up like how much they spent on this movie because it couldn't have been much. It, I can't imagine. And then how much they made. I'm sure they made gangbusters. What do you think? How much they spent? What do you think? Well, we saw that interview with Jerry O'Connell where you oh. talked about they weren't even thinking it might not get released. Right, 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 right. So they spent eight million. That's good. And budget. they made fifty-two million yeah. on it. So that's my other fun fact. That works. It's solid. It was a hit. It's a good return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had one more and I can't remember it now. I thought of it when you said something, Gabriel. No, it's not you gotta write these things thing. down. I well, I've written my other ones down, but I thought of another one when you said something and I can't remember it, but it'll come to me. But those are my four fun facts. And then the other piece we didn't really talk about, which I don't think we really get into, but um, I mean, it's, it's for the time era, but just the soundtrack, um, just mm. all the classic. Oh, I know, love that. That was my favorite part. You know, it's, I, I, like I could have done, done without a little bit that I never noticed before, like just the subtle, like score variations of the standby uh, theme. That, never okay, said so before just, either. that was a little annoying, but now that the song is like ingrained in our brains, we notice it, but watching it back in the day, uh, it's like it wasn't. The, it's all these little orchestrated little you, score pieces of that. Night. I, I have a note uh, about that. Like that was literally, I was like bothering me if, in particular, because it kind of goes away. Yeah, it's only near the first half of the film. It, but it's it's in the first 15 minutes of the wow. film. It's like you're watching. Oh, my Biden. God. You're I'm watching like, Stand okay, Biden. you know what I could do without with now? The, this that Stand By Me melody? Yeah. <laughs> this reworking of Stand, this orchestral reworking but of Stand is it I mean, because I could do without it's that. It's such a common song now, or is no. it because? It just felt so contrived. Like, it, yeah, it, it was, it was like. <laughs> Yes, we get it. The film is called Stand By Me, and this is a song called Stand By Me. It works. I get it. The, yeah, the movie works better when it's just some oh. sort of thing encounter that they have to deal with, and then it cuts to them walking further down the trail of the tracks, and it cuts to a classic 50s song. That, that was the um, other fact. Yes. It does, that, it does that a bit re- repetitively. Yeah. Um, but you forgive it every time because you're like, oh, what's a catchy 50 song? I'm in. But initially, yeah. the, the film was named The Body. Well, yeah, because the, 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 the short story, the novella the or short story, whatever it is. They completely changed it to Stand By Me based on that song. Okay, yeah. Based but, on- I also know Stephen King approves of, they made a lot of changes that Stephen mm-hmm. King said he was on board with. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more effective with, if you play the song once at the beginning, Maybe you play the actual song as the outro at the end, but I think it works better when you think about it in the context of like, oh wow, like okay, yeah, these these kids really did stick together through this this bullshit, like this kind of like what they were viewing as this seminal event in their life. Fine, but to to bring back that refrain 
three or four times in yeah. the first 15, 20 minutes. And it's just a slightly different orchestral, like reworking of, it was like, I get it. Yeah. Can we not with this? Can we stop doing this? Cause it's, yeah. that's all I get. It's pulling me out of the film. Same, mm. same, same, same. I don't like to be able to identify. Yeah. The, the score, but you know the the that's origins of this of the score and inspiration. Your so. score is a pop. It's a pop song. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you do and that once? And it's the title of this movie. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Little on the nose. Hey, uh, what are we watching again? Stand I don't know. Movie. I don't know what this film's called anymore. <laughs> the music's confusing. <laughs> All right. I think we said a lot about this film. We're watching um, four boys walk down a train track. That's what I heard this film was called. I don't know. Seems like a good one. Oh no, is this Lost Boys? I saw Keith Sutherland and Corey Feldman. Oh, they look lost. They don't, these are boys who don't know where they're going. It's the Lost Boys. I love that film. That's the same vampire. I don't I saw know why I'd have to watch it again to he say why. Why is the vampire it? out in the sunlight? Why has that boy got the same haircut and a dangly earring? I'm trying to figure out why is this vampire in two movies? I don't know. All right. <laughs> I like our tangent though. That's good. That's good. But I, I did some Lost Boy thoughts while I was watching. But I love Lost Boys. Same. That's but why does Keeper Sullen have the same haircut in this film and that film? And why is he wearing a dangly earring? I don't know. That was my what thought, does like, Keeper Sutherland do now? It's like Corey Feldman looks a lot different. In he Lost makes more. I, are they making more 24s now? You know. Oh, 24, oh. right. He did that. He did 24 for like a long I, yeah. time. I didn't I didn't watch that. I, I, I enjoyed some 24 back in the day. Did no, you? No, no lie. I, I mean, anybody know. who can kick a heroin addict addiction and then save the save president the world. within 24 hours. Multiple times. I'm in. Within 24 hours? He one kicked of the, his heroin One addict? of the seasons, he was addicted to heroin because he went undercover somewhere else and he had to get addicted. And the, but then he had to save the president. But he had to, so like, kicked his he had to kick quick. heroin real within quick. Like an hour. Then, he, then he was in Designated Survivor. Which I, I didn't that. see that one, yeah. But that's almost... Uh, I mean, it's not... He didn't have to save the president, but he had to become the president because he was the designated survivor of some kind of... Okay. I, have to see I don't that. know. I enjoyed the 24s because they were ridiculous. Hmm. Like I, I couldn't watch those. I, it was I the just, era of, of ridiculous television. They had like 20, like it was Fox TV. Prison uh, Break. Prison Break and 24, the most two ridiculous television shows ever made for Prime. Oh, and now all Fox, Fox doesn't need, I don't even think they have original. They just have, they have animated series and they have weird game shows and they have reality television. Well, I, dug, Fox. I dug me some Prison Break. <laughs> No question. Well, I loved it too, man. I mean, come on. I didn't you, watch you, you and I have had conversations about Prison Break. <laughs> All right. I didn't watch that. We'll save that for our Breaking yeah. Out, the Prison Break <laughs> podcast. That's the, that's the new podcast, Breaking Out. Breaking Out. <laughs> where we recap every episode of Prison Break. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Look for it. Sandusky is working on green lighting it right now. They won't um, green light it. All right. What are we doing? Voting? Oh, we, got, we got to vote if this is one of the greats or not. Okay. Um, what well, is there a part of the other thing that what is there a way you kind of or you just do fun facts and that we it. don't know we we, we of, always don't do fun facts we just, but um we just like we recommend it or not recommend discuss what well, yeah so do you recommend this film i totally recommend, I recommend this it. we recommend it we also okay. cheers at the end we 
Yeah, we'll do that at the end. Do that. Go ahead. No, we're ready because we're going to cut to. Oh, okay, um, ready? Let's go. Oh, I love this because then we're going to cut to the music. Ready? Um, yeah, I recommend this movie. Cheers. Here. I recommend yeah. it. Good. I recommend it as well. All right, cool. Here we go. Cheers. All right. <laughs> even cheered. That was good. I like that. So cool. Awesome. Yeah, so that was night before. We appreciate it. If you guys want to hear Thank the rest. You. Thank you for coming. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation and the game we were about to play in a few minutes, you have to jump on over and go download the greatest movies of all time podcast. Yes, definitely. All right. And that's it for uh night before. Yes. Uh, thanks for being on the night before podcast, Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right, cool. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. All right, and now we're back to um, Grace News. Time to vote. So we just uh, right. we've had our discussion. We've we've talked about this film. We all have a history with this. We do. Are we? Is is this a great? It's one of the film? greatest movies of all time. You know, this is this is what we've been tasked with. Or is this not? A great film. Is it just a film that's that's sentimental and and nostalgic, nostalgic and and uh-huh. one that we would recommend people see, or or does it does it fall into the pantheon of greats? I think that's that's the question. All right, I'm all ready. Right. So I think we all wrote it down, and then we just kind of show our answers. Okay. Um, like one, two, two three. three. I have a. Oh. I, yours? I've got a great. Yours is not in there. Oh, mine's not even on the camera. Oh, because I was doing it in front of the laptop, no, not yeah. the camera. I wrote Wait, great. You're, you're covering me up. You got a great from me. I think yeah. we got a great from Lee. What did you say, Lee? Looks like it looks like great was smiley was face in the sunshine. Great. I don't know if you'd give it one of the greats, Lee. No, I did. Oh. After thoughtful, thoughtful processing. That's mm-hmm. why I love our night before, because mm-hmm. I have a evening to process. I think it's a great yeah. because of all the reasons we discussed already. Yeah, I do. I even know my feelings about it as an adult now were like I didn't like really grasp and I wasn't enthusiastic about it. I still reflected upon it of why I felt it was great. I'll say this. I, I, I I knew it'd be hard for me to feel like it was not a great only because I knew my history with it and I knew my feelings on it. And I knew I would have trouble saying not great. And um, I kind of threw you off at the very end of the movie. I said, you're like, Oh, not as good as it used to be. Not as good as it used to be. But I, funny, he I did, was like, Oh, not, <laughs> not that we need to get into it. Cause we already went there. I, I did have the thought of like, wow, this, yeah, this is just sort of like a male heavy film or male exclusive film, even not even heavy. It's like, like there's like uh, the mom and the, the there's waitress like no women in there, are the yeah. only two females. Um, yeah. So I had that thought a little bit like, ooh. But um, source but material. We, but we discussed that, how even though, yeah, yeah the no, material, we, we, we we, about it on, the on, material that on, is involved on, is. On the podcast, yeah. Um, but despite all that, um, I will say this. I still think it's a great, it was not, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be like, oh, I could just pop this movie on whenever, like feeling was the feeling, oh, you just watched this. Yeah, that's um, how I didn't feel either. And maybe it did go thing. down a peg or two, but still a great, no question, unquestionably definitely, a great. Definitely. And then one of those watching that even though um, 
you know, I, it's a movie I felt like, oh, wow, I, I don't know quite now how you get it ushered in to happen. So it gets appreciated. But I'm like, oh, this is a film I think kids should see. Like, I think okay. this is a film that's best so, seen young. I said, our kids should watch this mm-hmm. with us. And you said, no, they'll just. Well, no, they'll dismiss it if they're not interested. Dismiss in, it. And, and that's the struggle. That's it's, 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 can you. Right, because I think the way modern film functions is, you know, it's no, we got our hook in the first like four minutes. Yeah, and that's, this, that's what I mean this, about like yeah. this film doesn't have the hook in the first no. four no, minutes. It, it it's the hook comes but like twenty minutes in. We've mm-hmm. taken them to films that the hook is not there at all. Well, that's true. No, you got to see, and, and except- we've made them sit through them. I mean, our kids are. Seventeen through eight. So, and like I said, you always got to have the faith because, like I said, um, my oldest loved he, first cow. He loved first cow, and that's that's the thing that there is no hook in that film. But then we took it still baffles me to this day. We took um, my two. That's brilliant. <laughs> so good. So we took my. We took, took me my, months to figure out how much I love first cow. We took uh, my two to limbo the the first viewing, and they were like. What did you just take us to? Like, what is happening? And we were like, "Oh, that was a great film." It was, yeah. And they were like, "No." So we got we got the kids to see "Stand by Me." We will. I I did not. I I don't think I had a strong of an attachment. Again, I think because I saw it later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But I think I appreciated it more this time. Than yeah. I did earlier on. That's, because a, that's my point. I, I appreciate it more. I liked it maybe a little less, but I appreciate it even more. I think all movies sense. are like the age that you see them yeah. have a, a significant impact. For sure. Will Will Wheaton and and River Phoenix? Oh, they they make this film for me. I do think this like this. The the framing of shots, like the setting, all that, like is gorgeous. It very much feels like Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful, but yeah, it's it, it really comes down to those two and the chemistry they have, and just how well they shine on screen. No, they they they're awesome, and it's it's like Wesley Crusher. You, you really you really fucking did a thing in 1986 with this river phoenix guy and and i wish there could have been more of the two of you working together yeah no that's saying a lot because i I know i went in as a um i was trying to watch this i was like was this the film i was a hardcore Corey feldman fan in my youth um, and I was like, was this- <laughs> I love Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. <laughs> was love this them. the film that like started that love affair? Probably. Um, it was not on Lost Boys, I know. But- Feldman, for me, it was Goonies. Well, Goonies. I mean, Goonies I- is 84, I think. That's true. Or 85? I mean, listen, I, I, could- I got to, now I know I got to. Finding, finding Feldman, that podcast is just. Goonies is 85, so that's pretty. Be in- yeah. But no, yes, you're right. It's like Goonies, this, Stand By Me, Lost Boys, uh, those three films in kind of constant rotation in my life, in my youth. Um, but but that's what's funny. It's like my focus wasn't on Feldman at all at this point um, in my watch. It was it was looking at Phoenix and Wheaton. 
Um, and then the constant, because the first thing we did was like go check out Jerry O'Connell videos from today. Uh, <laughs> he's just the fascination of, of, of everything. Oh, I, I think he's, I actually think he's he very good looking so now. Yeah, he looks so good. Yeah, he's, he's buff and he's married to Rebecca. Compared to his like skinny, scrawny um, 12 year old self. Yeah, but anyway. Stand by me, one of the greats. Yeah. And I think it's time real quick to play a game. Let's do it. All right, we're cool. Well, this, this game is another one-off game that we did back in season one oh. using IMDB Pro. This is the exclusive service to various folks in the movie industry. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a pro member of IMDB, you get what is referred to as um, the star meter. Every actor currently has a star meter, according to IMDb, and this is what you know all our casting directors and insiders use um, to that. So, Lee, since you were on this episode, we we had you get because that IMDb Pro is expensive; it's like twenty bucks a month. Um, we had you pick up a free a free thirty day trial, so we could get access to the star meter once again, because this cast had. Um, like we mentioned, not only the four in there, there's also Keith Sutherland, um, Richard Dreyfus, and uh, John Cusack, of course. But we're going to focus on these four. Um, and all we're going to do is rank our four young boys because Star Meter still tracks actors that are deceased. So River Phoenix still gets a Star Meter mm-hmm. rating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And the Star Meter is it's just this metric that IMDb Pro uses that based on their references in media and the news um, stories that might have popped up about so a, each a, a day film, they're ranked at a certain it point. It changes. It changes weekly. As a point so of what's reference, the range? it's from zero. It's from number one to however many actors there are in the world. Okay. Negative forty-seven, like four thousand seven hundred thirty-two. As a, a negative star meter, I don't know. As a point of reference. Um, you know, we can always pull up Mr. Tom Hanks, right? Well, he's going to be high on the meter. Yeah, so we're just going to see what is Tom rank, Tom Hanks' current star meter. He's at number 149. Okay. He's down four. We don't need to know the star meter for these individuals, River Phoenix. We oh, just need to rank them we'll, in order of what gonna, we think. Who's going to be the highest, second, oh, third, and fourth? okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Of our okay. four main actors, Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Jerry O'Connell, and Corey Feldman. Okay. Um, so just put those four in order, and then we'll decide amongst the three of us who 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 got the better ranking. Okay. If there's a tiebreaker, I got an idea for a tiebreaker if we get close, but just list your four and who you think has the highest to the lowest. Um, mm. And then we'll look them up. And we'll, This is hard. It's tough. Okay. It's tough. I'm going to work on it. So write down just your, your names. I got mine. I just wrote mine down. Well, while we were bantering, I, I knew the game was coming. So you've been thinking about this. I just wrote it down, but I am. Okay. Well, you guys do that. I will. And we'll share, we'll share, we'll share our list here in just a second. This is probably the wrong list, but I got it. All right, so Gabriel's got his. You know, we don't play around here on the Greatest Movies podcast. I wonder who's, who's like, 
perusing IMDb for these guys, and I feel like millennials and like folks under the age of 40 don't know who the fuck River Phoenix is. But at the same time, I feel like Joaquin Phoenix would lead people down the path of what's this river? Who's this River Phoenix fellow? What's what's the deal? You got your list? All right, so that's... Um, I'm going to go with it. Right, so uh, I'll, I'm happy to go ahead and share my... I'm not as intellectual. My, my I'm ranking, not as intellectual about actors. My ranking, I. I put River Phoenix is going to be our number one star. Got you. I put River, River Jerry. Phoenix, yeah, River Jerry, Jerry, Will, Corey. I put Corey in the basement. Okay. As much as it hurts me, that's who I got. You put River as number one? River Phoenix. I got it. Jerry River, Corey Will. All right, I like it. And leave. I, I think okay, I put something different. Okay, what do I you put. Got? Hold on, Jerry Feld, Corey River Will. Wow, both of you guys don't like Will Wheaton. No, we. I like love him. Will Wheaton. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I. I I, I have to think, I, who is Will Wheaton? I feel like people who don't know Will Wheaton are like, who the fuck is Will Wheaton? That's exactly all, how I feel. All I know about Will Wheaton, he, I know he does is like, what is it? It's board. It's, he does, he, board he does like a, some, it's like almost like a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he, he does fun, voice work. Like, he, does, he does voice work in a lot of like animated stuff. What's Geek and Sundry or something? What is it? A Geek and... So, yeah. And yeah. He has a newsletter. He has stuff. But he's he's very much functioning in a world that I think he has decided this is this is Corey's what I want happy. to do. And I, I, I'm good with this. All right. Well, his current star rating, I'm just looking him up. Um, we don't quite have the screen share feature like we normally have. But pulling it up on the app. Um, who? who are we pulling? Will Wheaton. You're pulling up Wheaton first? Wheaton he is first? down. Man, last week would have been the week to get him. Are we writing this down? Well, well I'm, I'm okay. writing down the scores. Okay. I'm writing it down too. Will Wheaton is at a star meeting, star meter of 1,030. Okay. He is down 633 points this Ooh. week. So something happened last week. That's good was for us. Pro Wheaton. So Wheaton's at um, 1030. I'm curious. I'm curious about yeah. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Um, he does music these days. <laughs> Not yeah, he's, well. he's touring, touring <laughs> with his lady band. Not well. Yeah, his angels and whatnot. Yeah. Corey Feldman Angels. He is at oh, yeah. 1950. Mm. Uh, Corey Son Feldman. of a bitch. All right. Um he had a bad week as well. He went down 333, but 1000. 950 is his current star meter. They so should have been probably should have been last, unless River which, River is really, which is where I had Corey. I had Corey in the in the cellar. Mm-hmm. So Lee, it's not looking good for you because you had Corey in second place. I know. All right, let's do um, Mr. Jerry, Jerry O'Connell. I'm curious about him. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. You know, from Kangaroo Jack to Sliders to Sliders. To my secret identity. Wow. That was so what does Jerry O'Connor have, Lee? One thousand five hundred and one. Wow. So he he's, he's lower, lower than Will. 
And he's also down 710. And we put him first. Well, see, that seems, okay, so that seems, Something why is he down 710? Because that would have put him in, mm-hmm. that still would have put him in first place. Yeah, he is down. So something. Hmm. This week he's down. All right, so that leaves River Phoenix. So, so far it's looking at Will Wheaton. River's going to be at the basement. Nobody's picked this order. Jerry O'Connell. I'm banking on just River Phoenix's like star power. I think he's going to be in the basement. Like it's just he's going to be in the basement. You you just my feeling was he's he's always prestige. You know he's always top level. Yeah, but I I I just I don't think the longevity of his career is enough to propel him in two thousand three thousand. Holy fuck. Sorry. Um, he is, is at 576. Can you believe that? I 576. 576. Yeah, so Sorry, that, did I cursed. No, this it's not we curse. We curse. We curse on the okay. basements. So no, so, yeah, so River. So it's River, Will, Jerry, then Corey. Yeah. Nobody picked that order. My so so now we decide our winner. I had River. Jerry, Jerry well, those Will, two flipped. Corey, he had Jerry. I had I had River. Jerry River Corey Will. So I I mean I think I think that's um, you, Jesse. I think it's me, guys. Says Lee because you had you. Jerry Corey it's definitely River. Definitely not me. It's definitely not me. <laughs> I'll take that win. I'll take that win. Good job. I think I think you got the win there. Good job. All right. So thank you, Star Meter. No, I mean my, if I had based it. On performances in this film, that would have been my order. Well, it, 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 it would have been River, Will, Jerry, right. Corey. You're right. You're that's right. True. You're that's right. true. That's true. No, my only logic was River Phoenix. He is just his name. He's just he's always going to be well regarded. I don't know. Well, in the like he's always like if his name. I don't know. I agree. Like you're right. What, would we even be talking like Joaquin Phoenix now the way we talk Joaquin Phoenix without River? Yeah. Like would No, I agree. No. I just don't, I was I don't... just thinking like like I my team of teachers are very young, right? They're all in their early twenties, mid twenties. They don't even know who River Phoenix is. No, at some point the that River was my yeah, like, at some point. Don't... No, you guys are right. At some point the River Phoenix name is gonna die. Like it's it's gonna yeah. not carry the same weight it does, but I think because of Joaquin, because of Joaquin's, it's still riding high. Yeah, but it's, that's what I'm just trying to like. And then to me, the funny thing is like Jerry O'Connell is like the only one, like who's like I think you guys are right. Will in the basement because Jerry's the only one who's still kind of out there. That's what I'm saying. He's actively. Functioning in roles like he's in things, he's in television the, series or films or whatever. Panic, panic. I'm surprised that. that he's under Will. That's so weird to me. No, but Will, Will, Will. I think Will, nerd Will. culture maybe lifted Will higher I than so. I was. I think so. And I was, I was strictly thinking it about it from like a film IMDb perspective, not like oh wait, no people just go to IMDb to search for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. So, so the IMDb Pro Star Star Rankings. Um, if anyone's curious, we got River Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, and Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Well, I mean, if if you wanna if you wanna know like rankings of performances in Stand by Me, 
this is the accurate ranking. It's yeah. it's River, Will, Jerry, Corey. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So that was quick and easy game this time that around. Was fun. And probably not not another time we'll do star ranking for a long time because uh it costs money. So we gotta we gotta and, end our free and trial. And Sandusky always rejects those uh PO orders. Those requests. Those POs yeah. we send, yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, so that's that's what we'll end this. I will um hit the last word, but Lee, thank you for being on the greatest movies. And podcast. thank you guys for being on the night before. Thank you for having me on the night floor. That's right. And, I appreciate it. And Gabriel, thank you. We'll um the best guest we've had. We'll, we'll, the we'll, only guest you that's right. <laughs> and and the greatest movies will be back soon. Um, you know, we'll can and then we'll be pulled into another meeting to see what our film will be and who our chair will be or if JB's available, we'll find that out. Um, but our 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 thing has changed. We so there's no points. I get to pick a film. That is a guaranteed great. Yeah. Uh, it just instantly ushered in unless someone right uses, now? yeah, unless someone uses their win to push, pull a, a film back to um, purgatory. And then I get the last word about it. So that's, that's the change oh, from Sandusky. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, have, I, I thought about this. I have a couple films. I'm not going to be quite outrageous yet. We'll save that for later in the season, but there is a film that we Lee and I talked about the other day um, that I instantly jumped to Amazon and said, I got to find this Blu-ray and order it because if, when I win, I was thinking this will be a great, and I'm going to say mm-hmm. the Ewan McGregor film, Chris, uh, Christopher Robin, oh, yeah. the retelling of Winnie the Pooh, um, with an adult Christopher Robin, with the, an adult Christopher Robin, years later, this movie. Hey, Ralph, have you seen this movie? No, you have. No, and I haven't seen this movie. All right, so here's my, here's your my, children need to see it. Here's my final word, which I get the final word on. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's well, great. <laughs> At least, like, I'm ready to talk about. Let's do the Christopher Robin cast. Um, here's the thing. Yes, it it came out a couple years ago. Um, solace in the theater. This movie has all the feels. Um, I, I was probably teary eyed 75% of this film. Um, revisiting Winnie the Pooh, talking about Stand By Me and childhood memories and nostalgia. This movie, um, hits it on, on the nail with it. It, but at the same time, the wit of Winnie the Pooh, of Eeyore is spot on this film does suffer third act it falls in the same trappings of um, modern day movies turns into this sort of adventure rescue mission thing it fails in the last act no question but beyond that the first two uh, the three the first two thirds of this film um classics by no by no question it's one of the greats um i saw in the theater i took the kids i took the family i i did i don't regret it it's a movie oh, that we saw an awesome it's, it's a film that um i love dearly it is one of the greats christopher robin check it out thank you good night
And um, and this is the point where, before we jump into Stand By Me, and it's our, our movie to, to, to talk about and debate here, um, greatest movie listeners, buckle up, um, buckle in, because we're about to um, kind of welcome in the second podcast here. And this is where Lee will kind of get us rolling. We're going to do, we, we just got to, we just got to do a little intro, get the little greatest movies and the night before podcast going. Um, and then we'll just go from there. All right. I mean, what's going on? Good. Okay. I'm good. All right. We had to adjust the headphones. Yeah. Your, your coffin. Sorry. I think killed it. Sorry. Now I got to cut that. Sorry. Editing work. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Not joking. All right. So um, we're gonna do. We're gonna jump in and introduce the night before podcast. Um. So when you're ready. Okay. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna keep rolling. I'm ready. All right. No, here, here. Oh I'm pausing God. here. This is the thing. This is good. <laughs> oh, we always think on the spot. Okay. I'm even thinking. And the listeners will know if this happened. We're even going to put a little bit of the intro music. Of the night before. Like, I think we have to put a little stand by me sound clip, the music, and then us going. There's going to be a lot of editing. So Yeah, you're well, going to have to do yeah. some editing. And that, whole, that whole, like, telling the telling like the greatest movies listeners to, like, buckle up. That, should, that doesn't even need to be in there. It's true. I'm just gonna, it's, that's where our cut is. And then the music's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be able to you got you because you gotta, you gotta put in your intro, yeah, so, right. And then her intro, yeah, and then all there's right, an, there's gonna be an outro or something, I assume, for your like yeah. the other, like, yeah, you're right, you're I'm, gonna have to actually I'm do fine. editing this time, Jason. I love it, there you are. But I get, I, I get two episodes out of it, there you two go, two shows, there you go, there you go. All right, so when you're ready, I'm ready, all right, go, okay.